You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sullen Radio. I'm Joe Swanson. This episode is brought to you by TattooNow.com. If you are an artist or a small business owner and you're looking for one location, we've talked about it on the podcast before, just one central hub to showcase not only your artwork and products, connect your clients to all your social media networks like Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, um, or just present your ideas and your lifestyle through a blog, they need to head over and get your website built by Tattoo Now. If you go to TattooNow.com forward slash Sullen Radio, you're going to get 50 bucks. I said that wrong last show. It wasn't 25. It's 50 bucks off their basic responsive website build. So besides looking great, and if you want to see a site that they just built, you can go to SullenRadio.com and check that out. They also customize it. So it's not only going to look good, but they customize it to meet your needs. And it's really easy to update and add content. And that was a big thing for me. I needed it to be easy to update. Tattoo Now has built sites for tattooers like Rember, Bob Tyrell, Jeff Gogway. That's my cat if you can hear him crying. So step up your exposure and help build your tattoo business like so many other artists are doing and have a website built by TattooNow.com. Head over to TattooNow.com forward slash Sullen Radio. You guys are going to get 50 bucks off their basic responsive website. This episode is also brought to you by TattooSmart.com. Now guys, if you're working digitally as part of your tattoo design process, TattooSmart has the tools that's going to make this process even more efficient for you. What's your favorite needle combo to use? If you're a tattooer, what's your favorite needle combo to use um, when you're tattooing? If you had to do a tattoo that's in your style that you really enjoy, what kind of need, what needle groupings are you going to use? Now, I personally, right now, love using the 911. That's a nine liner and 11 mag. I sometimes throw in the three liner, but I like to just say, hey, get me a 911 um, to my guy who helps set me up. Now, you might like a 7-Eleven or a 357. Any of those work. Now, whatever needle groupings you're going to use, you can now replicate the sizing of any tattoo needle grouping in your design program with Tattoo Smart's Liners and Mags brush set. You don't have to guess anymore what size pen to use and hope the lines on your line drawing don't change as you resize the design. Tattoo Smart's Liners and Mags is available for both the CSP program and Procreate on the iPad. So when you order liners and mags from TattooSmart.com, if you use the promo code SWANSON, that's my last name, S-W-A-N-S-O-N, you're going to receive 10% off your order. So use the promo code SWANSON at TattooSmart.com, get 10% off your digital order. Tattoo Smart, ancient craft, modern perspective. I hope everybody's doing good. This was a really fun conversation with uh, an amazing tattooer and incredible artist, Jojo Ackerman. This is the Sullen Radio Podcast. I'm Joe Swanson. This is my talk with Jojo Ackerman. This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast. Hey, Joe. There we go. And you can hear me fine? I can't. I can't hear you. I'm trying to figure out how to get the speaker to work. Hold on a second. Okay. Well, give me one second and find me. Okay. I don't know if this is working or not. Say something real quick. Yep. Are you there? Okay, that's not working either. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, now, now, now that we're on Skype, but now I can't hear shit. Oh, there we go. I'm going to put on Bluetooth and see if that works. There you go. I appreciate okay. it. 
You can't even hear that shit. Give me one second, dude. Give me nope. one second. You're good. I'm figuring this shit out real quick. <laughs> You're good. I don't know if anybody can hear this fucking dog in my garage. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Hopefully you hopefully you can't hear this fucking dog I have in my garage. We we have this rescue that um my mother in law found and just got it back from the vet and it needs like it had man, this little motherfucker was fucked up. He had thorns or like thistles in his like armpits and from like running around in the vineyards and had like a thorn in his eye and so he's got to get drops in his eyes i just did that right now before we jumped on this call but he's he yeah dude he's uh he's a lovable little motherfucker but he's he's uh (laughs) he's in his crate right now and he just like barks for a while before he mellows out i don't know if he's got anxiety or what but um he's a cool little dog he, I think, I think uh, my mother-in-law is gonna keep him. I, I'm not sure, or she'll find him a good home. So, she's she's nursing him back to health right now. And um, so, what do you what have you been up to, man? Dude, I just been uh, just just trying to trying my best to just you know uh, keep keep myself as 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 uh, occupied as I possibly can. Yeah. Uh, I've I don't know. I feel like you know I'm just in workaholic mode again so it's just summer does that to me i just i just i start putting in those crazy 10 12 hour days you know and uh-huh. just working like crazy these last this last week it's been like um 11 in the morning to 11 at night for sure almost every day wow Today man and then just got off right now and it's 10 now so almost 10. so <laughs> yeah long long days right now um but you know this is like you know i'm gonna eat and then uh school's going to start and it's probably going to, you know, get a little weird. So it's, 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 it, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing this and, you know, while I'm young enough to say I still got a good wrist and back, you know? Yeah. Just, are you, are you, um, are you having any, uh, uh, any issues with that kind of stuff or have you had any issues? I don't know if we've talked about that on our last podcast. Um, you know, I've been doing the chiropractor for about 13 years, but, mm-hmm. um, it's all preventative maintenance. I mean, like I, I get adjusted and then I got a foam roller at the house and I roll around on the floor with a foam roller. And, um, you know, I just try to try to try to stay healthy that way. Um, but I don't No, I've never had any issues. I've, I've, I've never had any problems as far as like, you know, uh, arthritis, carpal tunnel, so, uh, uh, back damage. Um, I, I do get sore occasionally and there's times where I, I can feel like I overdid it, but I mean, yeah. I, I bounce right back. Um, well, it's, I mean, I think that comes with just the uh, the volume of work that you're probably doing. And I mean, some of the some of the things that we do as tattooers, we're not really meant to do like the I had some issues in my um, my elbow at, at one point, um, partly from doing jujitsu and partly from probably partly from tattooing. Um, it was in my my stretching arm and uh-huh. like your hands not that's what the th- physical therapist was telling me he's like your hands aren't made to do that motion they're made to pluck and grab um not push and you know uh press and so i'm sure that the volume of work that you're doing man like those kind of things are going to happen you're going to you know your muscles are going to get tired you have to um you know you got to you got to keep them uh keep them fit you know totally. so yeah, well, you know, I hear so many horror stories about people I know getting their wrists cut open and having the carpal tunnel surgery, oh. and then 
guys getting their backs rebuilt and stuff and it's just you know i mean like hear all these things i just i just keep doing like as much maintenance to myself as i can i have to do it one day i will because i mean tattooing's really all i know that i can do and it's you know i gotta i gotta um make sure i can endure as long as i possibly can with it you know so yeah well it's what i like you know i like seeing um right now i mean i've said it plenty of times on the podcast that we're in 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 an innovative and exciting time in tattooing and um even down to the um like seminars like uh derb morrison is giving on how to take care of yourself you know um those things like stretching and um you know i haven't taken that seminar i would love to at some point from from derb you know i think it's important that as tattooers we're we're concerned i mean shit not even as just tattooers anybody you know we're concerned with with uh how we're feeling and um do you like do any kind of specific like diet or eating regimen or anything like that or are you pretty loose with that shit for the most part i think cindy keeps me on a pretty healthy eating pattern i i break away from that sometimes at work with the guys like we'll we'll go to like a spot near the shop that we just found out about and we'll probably go and like you know get like a burger and some fries or mm-hmm. eat something I think is like oh this is amazing and we're gonna try that but uh for the most part i mean i eat i eat pretty good i mean cindy keeps me pretty stocked up on like healthy food and and just you know d- good good stuff to eat i the junk food i do consume is basically um on the down low and kind of secret <laughs> <laughs> what's your go-to what's your go-to snack if you're gonna be like on the dl going to uh, the corner store and grabbing some little snack that i'll go for most of the time well you know it's funny my go-to snack is like two bananas and a, and a lemonade but <laughs> i love it i have a uh i have a weakness for uh reese's peanut butter cups and uh the uh del taco green bean and cheese burrito so okay yeah so, both both very good items <laughs> i can concur if they're put in front of me they're mine so <laughs> that's awesome man what kind of stuff i mean i've been looking at your instagram and it seems to be this is one thing that i really like about your work jojo and i mean for for people that are listening that don't know jojo and i have have, have had a couple conversations on podcasts before this is the first one for um this podcast but um one thing i really like about your work man is it's it's all different styles you know what i mean like you definitely have your the big Japanese stuff that you, that you love doing and that that's evident, but I mean, you're crushing traditional stuff, black and gray stuff. And it's really cool for me, you know, cause I came up in that 20 year ago, Mark time where you kind of had to do everything that walked through the door and, um, from portraits to tribal to whatever. And it's cool for me to see guys like yourself. And I think there's a dude that works at Jack's shop named Mike Chavez, who, does the same shit man it's just always crushing it whatever style it is and i love that thanks i've been i've been fortunate you know like just because like for my first you know like 15 years of tattooing i i worked in a really busy street shop and i did uh whatever the customers wanted and i learned how to you know do my best to give them what they wanted and and you know they came in and they either wanted uh black and gray like eva phoenix style fairy or they wanted the uh you know the color bomb computerized butterfly david bolt flat i mean we had flash all over the walls so i mean it's like i know all these uh flash items that adam kaplan flash tattoo brand flash 
I mean, we had flash from the guys in uh, San Jose at New School. I had Horitoshi flash, uh, stuff from the Diamond Club. We had mix set. In the, I mean, we had everything. So you're learning how to do, like, you know, Paul Jeffries and Brett Schwint style, like, you know, dragons and outer space mm -hmm. backgrounds. You're learning how to do, you know, <laughs> black and gray duck and barba designs. You know, I mean, it was there was just this huge library of, of information to, to, to pull from. And, and back then customers would pick flash and, Oh, can you just change this? Or can you do it in color? Or mm -hmm. Can you put my kid's name on it? And I mean, you know, custom tattooing back then was just, you know, uh, you know, you know, tear, tear some of it apart and put it back together. But it was for the most part, like stock images. And then we just twisted them up. Mm -hmm. So I learned a lot about how to like do those pretty much any style. I, I don't really, I don't know, man. I just feel like I just try to get better with every style if I, if I have to do it. And I don't say no to my clients. I still, I still have clients that I've been tattooing over 20 years and I've tattooed their family and their friends. And my, my business is still very word of mouth. So I just try to give the people what they want. I do have things I do prefer to do and that I really get into, but if I'm going to do a fairy or a black and gray tattoo or a color tattoo or anything that is, you know, I just try to do it as good as I would do it if I was to do it on myself or a family member. So I, I just put the same amount of spirit into it just because it's, I'm a tattooer first and, you know, the artist part of me is, you know, kind of a secondary thing. And if someone's, you know, kind enough to let my ego take the control wheel, <laughs> run wild, I, I'm stoked on that, you know? Yeah. I think it's cool when you get to a point where, um, you can take those ideas, whatever it is from the client and make it into something that you're going to have a fun time tattooing and you know whether it's lettering or you you know you just you're able to input some of your um ideas and you know because you've been doing it for so long and you're able to articulate to the client why this is the best way to do it you know it's good for longevity's sake or for you know placement wise or whatever you, the case may be that um, that's 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 the part of the business that's it's still steady and has never changed from listening to my mentor tell people all the same things and listening to what he was saying and learning what he said and saying it for certain reasons and then repeating it to my clients now 24 years later. I'm still I, I just had this talk with someone the other day. So I mean it still happens. It's still something that, you know, I feel is it's an important part of the process is educating the clientele to a certain degree. Um you know, and it's 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 one of those things. I just, I don't know. I hear a lot of stories. Just there's a lot of people in tattooing. I just I just hear people go, "Wow, I've never had anyone take the time to talk to me about that." Or it's crazy because I think even more so today, like you have to sit down and explain certain things because there's so much information out there and it's so scattered, and and people are going to come in with varying bits of it in their mind and have an idea of what they, you know, may think they know about it and. Um, because they, you know, went to 15 different resources on the internet and found out as much as they could. And like I said, it's all scattered information. So right now like, I think you know, is it's an important time to like educate as a salesman. I mean, just because you're, I mean, you're selling, this is a, this is salesmanship 101, man. You got to take the client and, and talk to them and, and be able to articulate why you're doing what you're doing. Absolutely. That portion of this job is a sales job. I mean, it, it really is like a, you have to, um, you know, that's the part I don't get with the, some of the things I see going on in the in, in certain aspects of the business. But I've always been a personable person, and I think that that's really And I think no matter what, um, as tattooers, no matter how much we know and how, how smart we are with it or how, how smart we think we are with it, we always 
seem to lose track or I have to constantly remind myself, you know, from time to time that the customer doesn't know anything that I know, you know, they don't know as much as I know about this, you know? So it's like, sometimes when they ask a question, I feel like, well, that's a stupid question, but then I have to remember, <laughs> they, don't, they don't know shit from Shinola about what I'm doing. So I have right. to pull my pants up a little bit and go, okay, this is why, you know, and explain it. And I'm not rude or mean about it. I just kind of, it's very black and white with me. I just tell them that this is why, you know, and I feel like I'm in a position now where I can say, I did all that stuff when I was younger. I did the red um, tattoo with no outline with black. You know, I've done all the stuff that I saw come back in my own work that failed. And I know there's people out there that do those kind of tattoos that kill it with that, but that's not me. You know, I have a certain way I tattoo and I have a certain way that I know my work stands up. And, you know, I, I just basically can only speak for myself at this point because tattooing has gotten so diverse with all the different people doing different styles that I feel like the education I'm giving my client when I'm speaking to them is based on my work and I can't speak for other people's work any longer because, yeah. I've, you know, I've seen things that have proven some of my points as correct and I've seen things that have proven some of my points as, hey, you're wrong about that. Yeah. But it also depends on who it is and, you know, who's doing the work and, you know, what you're getting. And there's a lot of things that go into it, you know. So I many, think, so many but, variables, huh? I mean, it's, it's just... just... Because they see a tattoo that's five minutes old you know, and they don't see the tattoo that's five years old because mm -hmm. nobody posted pictures that are five years old. People are <laughs> right. pictures that are five minutes old because everything's happening like almost in real time. So, right. you know, real time tattoo magazine stuff is happening on the internet with like Instagram and, you know, all the other social medias that are out there now. It's like people are posting the work as it's finished. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's incredible and it can be overwhelming, I think at, at times as well. And which is why, the way you're looking at it is just, you know, Hey, I got to focus on myself and focus on what I'm doing and, and my path on this, you know, in this thing and, um, is good because, you know, so, so often, you know, people, I think get pushed by, uh, internet peer pressure almost to do things that, man, it really, if you sat down and think about it, it's not going to be best for the client. And, it's not going to be best for, you know, your, your particular tattoos that you're doing. So, um, I don't know, man, it's, it's crazy times that we're in, you know, well, I, I, by no means do I think that we'll, you know, ever crack this tattoo code, but like, where do you see, what do you like about the industry right now? Oh, I like a lot of things about it right now. To be honest, I think, um, I think a lot of people like myself that have, you know, been around for a minute and, and have been, you know, kind of, I don't know, kind of brought in the way I got brought in. I got brought in through through doing an apprenticeship and, and kind of doing the whole, like, you know, like clean the toilets and made the needles. I did all the stuff, you know, that, I mean, I still do it. I still clean my own bathroom. I mean, it's like we sweep the floor, we mop the shop. I mean, we're 25-year, 24, 25-year guys working at the shop and, you know, we clean our own shop and clean our own tubes. And, you know, I, I, I still enjoy, like, very hands-on uh, part of the business, you know what I mean, where, where you know, I think... I think that a lot of the things in tattooing are I'm finding inspirational are, um, you know, basically being able to see tattoos that are just being done in real time and just kind of seeing what's available out there and what's happening. The, um, the positive side of it is that, you know, I mean, uh, even though I feel like the business is heavily saturated, I think there's a, there, there, there has been a, a wave of uh, creativity and people bringing different flavors to the table and people that have been for a while that have found a style that they've, excelled at and and have like turned it up you know what i mean and uh 
I mean, I see stuff like, you know, you had Antonio on the show and I, I see Antonio's work and it just, you know, I'm just like, dude, what is going on here? This guy is like out of his mind. Phenomenal, you know? Yeah. Crushing and, it. And it's got yeah. such a cool attitude about it too, man. Like I, I said it on the podcast when I had him on, I think in the intro, like the way that he approaches it is so cool. It's almost like that Japanese family mentality or the, or the Samoan, you know, family mentality and, um, I love it, man. I listened, I re-listened to that podcast and I mostly, I usually don't listen to these things, man. And I listened to that one and got, I got inspired myself, you know, um, from him just talking, uh, about his time at Jackson, um, how he approaches his kid's apprenticeship and, um, different pieces of work that he's doing, um, and why he likes drawing it on, uh, man, man, dude, the, the guy kills it. And it's just like, that's the kind of stuff that I love He's, in tattooing uh, right now. And, and me too. And that's, and that's the kind of thing like, like, you know, that I see when I see people that are doing those kind of things, I find, I find like a gravitational pull. It's just like, I, I'm constantly like, you know, just always trying to, um, now that I'm, you know, I feel like, I feel like I have a good grasp on like my, my, my image vocabulary and like the things I'm trying to enhance in my own work. I feel like, the inspiration I find these days in tattooing are like people like Antonio and, you know, um, you know, people like, uh, like, like Brian up in uh, Humboldt, you know, Kineko, Brian Kineko and people that are actually just taking what they love about tattooing and, and just, um, you know, turning it up and just, and going, going into it and even doing like other kinds of art on the side and just being a creative force in every, in every direction, playing music, uh, you know, uh, painting, like, you know, stamping copper, wood carving, anything like that. And then, and then the tattooing, you know what I mean? I just, it's like real Renaissance work and, and just stuff like that. Just, I find inspiration, you know, to, to, to keep taking everything I do in my life as, as, as something that I could turn from being a, you know, a, a thought into a, an actual physical event. Mm -hmm. When you go into these like moments you were talking about, like during the summer where you're just jamming man with work, doing the 10 to 12 hour days, like back to back to back. Um, how much do you uh, continue to paint or is it just pretty much tattooing and drawing? And then during the, you know, the slower times of the year when things slow down, you, you pick up the painting or is it just nonstop all, all it's at just once? A, it's just, it, it's kind of weird. It happens all at once. Like during my busy time, I supplement my tattoo time when I'm not really drawing and tattooing with, with time to like paint or lay out a painting or to get something kind of started. Um, and then I'll probably get sidetracked for a while and then I'll eventually get back to it. But I mean, I've, I've, I've actually been pretty productive just during this short amount of time that I've been like, you know, back in like full on, like end of summer, like swing where I'm, I'm, I'm working really, really hard. And then like, putting in like tons of time at the shop it's like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm still um i'm off on sunday and like i'm hanging out with my daughter in the garage and she wants to make something and i'm just sitting there i just start cranking out like a painting and like just kind of turn on the music and i don't know it's also a way it's it's also i don't look at that as work i, I look at that as a way to kind of get back into my zen you know and kind of kind of do something that more more becomes like something of my own where like my tattoos are more like a collaboration with another person mm -hmm. because of the client so um with with just painting i just feel like i'm just kind of actually just kind of like more free just kind of doing my thing and so you know i just i like to do that as much as i can so yeah that's a that's a nice definitely nice you know uh to be able to produce those pieces that are really just 
internally what you're what you want to put out you know yeah well how how much did your like one of the reasons i wanted to have you on man is i wanted to talk stories about like your travels to japan and some of the you know the people that you that you met that you traveled with and i mean you've had you've had how many times did you go to japan actually i only just went to japan uh i went the one time and I haven't had a chance to go back because uh, since I got married and I had children since that time, I didn't get the opportunity to revisit. Um, but the one time I went, I, I went and uh, the year I went in 2001. And uh, yeah, it was great. I, lo- I loved it over there. I mean, I had a great time. How did that, that How did that trip first come together? Um, there was a there was a girl and her and her friend. They were they were visiting uh, the states. And they were staying with some friends in Hollywood, and um, they were traveling around. They were headed to Mexico, and they were they were going, you know, traveling around. And then uh, they were staying at a friend of mine's house. But then my friend and his wife they ended up getting real sick with the stomach flu, and they called me on the phone and asked me what I was doing. And I said I was heading out to L.A. that night, and they said, well, "Would you come by and take these girls with you so they could do something besides sit in my house?" And I said, "Yeah, I'll take them." So me and a buddy of mine swung by, and we picked them up and drove them out. We took them to go see a band play and then went to a cafe and then drove around Hollywood and showed them some of the touristy stuff. And then we just took them back to the house and dropped them off. And then, uh, she sent me postcards from like, you know, Mexico and South America and just kind of, but yeah, I was just, I didn't really tattoo while I was there because I was just more or less trying to figure out like what was going on because, uh, there was so many things happening. I mean, I got lost in Tokyo cause the um, train station there is like basically a whole other city on the underground. And I didn't, I didn't really nobody really spoke English. I ran into like a British tourist who spoke Japanese and he was like helping me kind of find my way to the location I needed to get to. But, um, yeah, Did I definitely you, need to, I need so you went over there by yourself. That. Yeah. Yeah. I went on my own and, uh, I definitely need to get some redemption on that trip. I want to do another trip to Japan, but this time I'm gonna, this one's going to be a little, uh, a little less, uh, whimsical, <laughs> a little more <laughs> planned out. So, so you just drop in and, and just made your way around. How, 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 how long did you uh, plan on staying or how long were you over there? I was going to be there for 17 days. And uh, I cut my trip a little bit short. Things were just kind of like I was I, I wasn't tattooing and, and, I, and, and it was really expensive there. I started running out of money. Um, so I kind of had to cut my trip a few days short. I had to leave a little bit early. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, for what for what I saw while I was there and the things that were going on while I was there, it definitely uh I put a bookmark in that spot and said, I got to get back to this. So yeah, yeah it's, it's going to happen again. I've done, I've done it. I mean, I've, I've done a ton of traveling. It's just Japan's always been my, the one I'm like most passionate about the one that's the hardest to darn get, you know? Yeah. What I mean? So what other places have you uh, been to that uh, um, you've really liked? Oh, places. I, well, I've been a lot of places. I think I really like Spain. Mm-hmm. I really liked Spain a lot. I liked Ireland. Yeah. Um, those are fun. I really love Brazil. Brazil was great. Um, I mean, I've always had a good time because it seems like every time I go somewhere, I always end up going with a friend and we end up going and have a great time. And it's just fun because tattooing is like the glue that brought us together and yeah. kind of made it happen. And I've done a lot of traveling with Josh Arment and we've, we've road dogged it out a few times out to uh, Italy and Switzerland. We went and saw Mick, hung out at Mick's for a day and then I uh, went out to dinner with him that night. And I was just, I mean, Mick's always been like someone I've, you know, always looked up to and, you know, I was glad to get tattooed by him and, you know, become, you know, um, 
I don't know if I could say friends, but we're friendly and we're definitely, um, uh, you know, we talk. So, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, I admire the guy a lot. And so getting to hang out in his studio and just see his drawings and his process and watch him tattoo a couple of clients, man, we were like, we were like really having, a, we were having a field day over there. It was fun. <laughs> we had a blast. I was all the way. We went up in the French Alps, dude. We were like totally drinking schnapps and like sledding with, uh, <laughs> with, with Christian from Incubators and like the whole time, man, I was having a hell of a time breathing. And I kept coughing and I was like, man, I don't feel good. And like at night I couldn't lay down flat. I was like coughing the, the whole time. And like, we didn't really have snow gear, but we were just like way up above like the tree line, you know, like above <laughs> 3000 feet. And we were just, we we're just partying, having fun, just having a great time. We're in this cab. We didn't do any tattooing. We just had like a little hibachi on the dinner table and we'd like cook meat and drink wine and man, it was great. We we're just visiting, sharing stories, having fun. And then, uh, you know, I get home, <laughs> I go to the doctor cause I don't feel good. And the doctor goes, Oh, let me hear your lungs. I took a breath and he goes, Oh, you got pneumonia. Oh my I was like, God. Oh, dude, I was tromping through Italy and like Switzerland that whole time in the snow with pneumonia. <laughs> I didn't know it until oh I got God. home. It was so gnarly. That's crazy, man. That's yeah. crazy. Definitely. Switzerland is a place I would love to go. Um, you know, I, I heard about Spain like early on in my, in, in my tattooing, we had a guy, actually I got the job because a guy, um, was leaving the shop that I, uh, apprenticed at, um, and he was going to Spain. He was going to work in, uh, uh Madrid at Mao and Kathy's. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's, uh, it's always been a place that's been intriguing to me as well. You know, what, what is it about Spain that you dig? Well, <clears throat> I kind of went to Spain by accident because we, me and Mike Pike back in like 95, we went to France and we met a guy at a tattoo convention who had a bunch of tattoos and he wanted, he wanted me to tattoo him. So I tattooed him at the tattoo convention in Arizona. And then I tattooed the guy that tattooed him, which was a guy by the name of Stefan Schatzig. He's like really famous for over there for doing like realism and like real painterly style tattooing back in like the mid nineties. And we ended up becoming acquainted anyway. They invited us out to France. So we went to the South of France and we're staying in this uh, city called Montpellier. And, uh, it was pretty crazy there. We had a good time. We were just like tattooing people and having, having a blast. Well, the dude who we were staying with had a 65 Impala and he was like, let's go to España. And we're like, okay, let's go to, and go, how far is that from here? He goes, oh, like five hours. We're like, okay. So we jump in there. We're, we're in a, we're in a 65 Impala driving to Spain through France, like on streets that are like, you know, like out here in America, it would typically be like, you know, like a, a, a an easement between two houses or like <laughs> sure. an alleyway. So we're mobbing this thing and we're jamming, playing easy E full blast. And we're, we're like driving into Spain and we end up in Spain and we, we pull over and we get in this parking lot and this dude drives up in like one of those little fantasy island like golf carts <laughs> and picks us up and drives us to this like resort where there's this condominium. And we're this condo place has got to be like 30 stories high and we're like staying somewhere like on the 15th floor. But it was like we walk out on the balcony and all you can see was we were in Costa Brava. So it's like just blue water, the sea. Man. Look down, it's just like a dining area and a beach. And I was like, I can't believe I'm here. This is like amazing. And I always remember the the Clash song, Spanish Bombs, and they talk about Costa Brava in there. So I was like having a moment. And <laughs> we decided we were going to go buy some fireworks and some laser pointers. So we went down to this <laughs> gift cart and started buying a bunch of crap and just getting crazy. The fun part for me was we ended up going to this bar with the, the guy who picked us up in the golf cart's dad owned a bar. So we went to this bar. 
And I'm sitting in this bar and I'm drinking and I'm looking on the wall and this guy was a boxer or something because he's got all these pictures of him when he was younger, black and white photos, boxing. And then he's in this picture with this dude that I knew. And it was weird because I knew this old man that was in the picture with him. And I looked at the guy and I go, um, is this you? And he goes, yeah. And I go, and that right there is a guy by the name of the great Zuma, right? And he goes, yeah, that's Zuma. Do you know about him? I go, oh, I know about him pretty well. I eat his pizza almost every weekend. He goes, what? And I go, that guy owns a pizza place in my town back in California. Whoa. He's like, are you kidding? Because at Zuma's Pizza, this guy had pictures of him with all these wrestlers because he was a wrestler from Spain. <laughs> he had a picture of him sitting in Andre the Giant's arm. I mean, he had all kinds of cool pictures in his uh, pizza place. So I was like, I know this guy. He's like, oh, wow, we used to be friends. And I go, oh, well, give me a pen. And I wrote down his phone number. I go, here he is right here. You can call him. And then I got back to America and I went to Zuma's one weekend and I walked in and I said, hey, I met a friend of yours in Spain. And he goes, yeah, he called me. It was like so oh funny. Oh, my gosh. How crazy like, is that? That was so weird. It was just like, you know, just random <laughs> trippy shit that happens when you're on the road, you know, but. How much wild shit has happened with you and Pike, man? You guys worked a long time together. Yeah, and now yeah. are working again together on uh, Reaper, which is uh, Reaper Rotaries, which is definitely an, another thing I want to talk to you about, man. It's it's oh, okay. um, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, um, Mike, Mike was tattooing me before I was even a tattooer. Um, yeah, I was getting tattooed at his dad's tattoo shop when I was a kid and Mike did some tattoos on me. We ended up just making friends. We've been friends about 30 years now. I uh, worked. I worked. I worked at the shop farm for about 15 years and then, uh, you know, he's the one that taught me and everything. And then, uh, you know, we, we've just stayed in contact all these years and stayed close. So, you know, there's never been a, uh, I mean, we've had, you know, we're like family, dude. We have our weird moments, but I mean, we're still, <laughs> we're still like, you know, he ain't getting rid of me. I ain't getting rid of him. I guess, right. you know, that's, that's kind of how it goes, you know, yep. at this point it's like, shit. How do you disown a family member? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's like, <laughs> he's stuck with me, I guess, at this point. So it's <laughs> just how it goes, man. How'd you guys decide to do the the rotary machines? <clears throat> it's a weird story, man. Like I woke up one night, like woke up and like sat up and I and I and I've never done this before. I've I mean in the past, I mean now I look back on it, I've heard of people doing it, but I've never done it. I woke up and had a dream that I was tattooing with a rotary machine. So I drew it on a piece of paper, what it looked like in my dream. And I had rotary machines. I mean, I, I tattooed with Swiss rotary. I had, um, you know, some, some shag rotaries and stuff that I really loved. So, I mean, I used rotaries. I just didn't know what this rotary was in my dream that I was tattooing with. So I drew a picture of it. And then I was working on some coil machines over at Mike's that I was making. I was making these power liners that we had put together. And I just pulled the drawing out and I go, I had this idea and I drew it on a piece of paper. And, um, what do you think it, what are you thinking? And he, he looks at it and he goes, that looks pretty crazy. I go, yeah. And he goes, but we could probably make one. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. So, you know, then it was just like, you know, pretty much vulcanizing whatever junk was laying around the shed and it turned into like, you know, hacksaws and welders and everything started happening. And then Mike just started like building weird ones, like one-offs, like constantly just like oh i made another one i made another one and i was like hey slow down dude you're <laughs> you're like you're like just like making all these crazy and i was just taking them to the shop and tattooing with them all day and seeing how they work and then you know went over there and redrew it and then we you know decided we were going to kind of try and like crank them out and uh you know basically it just kind of evolved out of like you know i just took a lot of the things that i really liked about rotaries and then i took some of the things that i didn't like about rotaries and by process of 
holding on to and eliminating uh, both of those properties, I ended up coming up with the Reaper Direct Drive, which is the one that I basically was, was that was my thing. You know what I mean? Like I was really passionate about it and it had to be a certain way. And, and then, uh, and then Mike was like, well, you know, he wasn't done. He was like on a mission. So he, he ended up uh, coming up with the design for the slide uh, model that we have, the Hell's Gate one that's got the swing gate on it. And uh, that's a really trick one with the spring loaded, uh, you know, uh, swing gate tube vice. And, but we got stuff in the future planned out. We've been, we've been cranking out some customs, like doing like little batches of five and 10, like, um, you know, unique ones that are different. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just doing stuff like that. I mean, pretty much every single person that's contacted me or Mike to buy one, uh, we screen them and go on, you know, their social media, their website and make sure that they're tattooers, you know, so we're not, we're not just, you know, putting them out there and, and selling them to whoever's and whatnots, you know, so. Yeah. What is it about you, the, the Reaper that you like, or what is it about that particular direct drive that, that you were so passionate about aside from having a dream about it, but what do you like about that particular type of tattoo machine? Because I mean, I've I've used a bunch of different styles of rotaries and and uh, just used co some coils again the other day, and mm -hmm. you know they definitely do have different feels to them. Right. Um, what do you like about your guys's? Well, ten years ago, I got this old English rotary off a of shag, and I tattooed with it till till I base. I tattooed it till it didn't work anymore, and I was in love with that machine, and it just didn't work anymore. And he told me, man, it was just turned into one of those things where those those are great machines but the life expectancy on them was short and they were just you know he was he was just not making them anymore so i said okay um so i didn't tattoo with one for a while so building that direct drive and like getting reacquainted with that style of of rotary again was like it just i just loved the way that our our direct drive has an adjustable throw on the cam so you can go anywhere between one and 3.5 millimeter stroke you can you can turn it up and turn I mean, it's, it's basically starts running and kicking down at, you know, at 3.5 volts. And then you can turn it up from there. I use everything from a liner to where you can, you know, do pepper shading to, you know, you can run everything from a seven to a 25 mag and it just tattoos. Like it's almost like cheating. It <laughs> tattoos so good. I mean, but it's punchy, you know? And for me, it's like a lot of my black and gray stuff. Um, I use the slider because it's softer, but I like mm -hmm. the, the look for like traditional work and especially with my backgrounds with my japanese style work um i love the direct drive because it to me i don't know it, in a way it just makes me feel like it's not as smooth as a coil shader and it's not as smooth as the slide rotary it looks a little more punchy and peppery and it almost makes me kind of look at it as almost like irizumi style kind of in the look of it mm -hmm. you know so i kind of almost like the 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 not crudeness but almost like the boldness of like how it's not perfectly smooth to where yeah. it kind of looks like like uh, that's a, a, a folk art or a tattooed version of 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 the image you know what i mean it's kind of has that look you know and it embodies that look for for a guy like me that kind of aesthetic is perfect for the way i tattoo because i'm not gonna be and I'm not putting anyone down for doing this, but I'm just not, not one of those guys that's just going to build a Tabori stick and start poking people and putting myself on the internet with a video <laughs> because I have friends that are, you know, Tabori artists that are Japanese that learned under their master. And it took them, you know, years of like studying and, and, you know, on the floor with the, on their knees, like, like, like learning how to use that instrument. Um, I feel like it would just be an insult to them for me to just grab one, put one together and just start like poking away on my client, you know? So 
I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. for me, I have to find what works best for, for something in, 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 in the realm of like, you know, my, uh, you know, in what I do. So, yeah, definitely, man. I mean, I think that's, um, I mean, that can, that same kind of effect that you get, like that, what you call kind of crude or like that folk artifact. I mean, think, man, that's what I loved about, um, back when I started tattooing, that's what drew me to traditional tattoos was that like peppery look. And, um, I mean, I, I do, you're right, man. It's got, it's got something about it that, you know, you can't really replicate without yeah. just putting it in there, man. And I just, it just says tattoo. Yeah. You know what I mean, because when, when I was taught how to tattoo, when I was getting tattooed, when I was a kid, you know, it's like the mid eighties and like me and my friends are getting tattoos, you know? And like, we can't stop like, you know, like bands like the Cro-Mags and Agnostic Front and just just hardcore punk bands that had tattoos that were big chest pieces and like big tattoos. I mean, that was they look like tattoos, you know, nowadays, mm-hmm. a lot of tattoos look like fine art. Yeah. But for me, it's like, OK, I understand all that. You know, I get it. Um, and I don't put it down. I've seen people do it. And it's I've, I've seen these. Ta- I've known people that do that kind of work and I've known them over 10 years and I've seen the work come back. Some of these guys. Like Jamie Sheen and Nico out out in Hesperia, they're putting it in and they're doing it right, and that stuff's coming back, you know, ten years later, looking like it's supposed to look. But yeah. there's a lot of people doing it that don't have those guys' chops that are, you know, putting out a tattoo, and then five years later, it's 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 like, you know, it just doesn't say tattoo to me anymore. It says mm-hmm. it says uh, cover this up or touch it up or redo this, you know, and it's like with the with with a with a with a tattoo, I feel like a tattoo says something. It's almost like take away all the like the deep personal meanings, take away all the, all the stories, take away all that stuff and just look at it as what it is an image. And it should just pop off and go, this is a tattoo. A tattoo is a separate language. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's an art, but it's, it's, it's a totally different art. It's not, it's its own art. You know, it has, it has a look, it has a certain style to it, to me, just because the way I was taught and how I was brought up into it, that a tattoo is, you know, a bold readable image at, at the, at, at a glance. Yeah, I think that that to a certain degree, that whole sentiment and that comes out of necessity for the image to remain strong over a long period of time. You know, it it has to be done in a way, in a certain way, because of the canvas that it's on. It's on skin. It's going to age. It's going to, you know, do certain things as it as the the wearer of that piece of art, you know, goes throughout their life. So. You well, know? that's the thing. You got uh, um, your metabolism. You got the elements. You know, we mm-hmm. live in California. There's the sun. You got a lot of things you got to take into consideration here when mm-hmm. doing a tattoo. You know, so yeah. and the wearer needs to also be educated on the possibilities of what could happen. I mean, you know, it was a lot easier to do that kind of explaining explaining to people. You know, um, fifteen twenty years ago, because there was only like three people you were getting any ink from. And there was probably only like, you know, a handful of other people that were doing anything outside the box of like doing an outline tattoo. So mm-hmm. it's like nowadays it's such a common practice to to do a lot of like color realism and to do things like that. And now there's like so many different manufacturers of colors and stuff. So it's almost like I can't speak for a guy that uses a completely different set of tools, um, application, technique, dynamics, the whole nine year the whole package. I can't speak for what that person's work is going to do or look like, you know, I have a hard enough time thinking about what my tattoo I did last week healed up. Like, you know what I mean? I can't worry about that, but you know, 
I know what I use and I've always used the same stuff and I always have the same people that I deal with on, for the most part on a regular that I've tried to keep, you know, in my, in my little phone book for the last, you know, 20 something years. And it's a, uh, you know, only thing you know, that, 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 that I've ever wanted to do is just represent tattooing the way I understand it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just, and just, you know, show, show my tattoos to the people that, I'm better than I was last time I did one, you know, I'm better than I was last year, you know, and I always want to progress in that direction, you know? Yeah. When did the idea for uh, doing a shop with um, Robert come together? Um, it was a little over two years ago after, um, after American made, um, we closed American made tattoo. It was, uh, I worked at eternal art tattoo in Santa Clarita for a while mm-hmm. and it was cool. I, I love working there. Um, you know, I had a good time there and, uh, it's kind of in between where I'm, where I, where I, where I live and where the new shop is. It's kind of in between. And Robert used to work there years ago and me and Robert have just traveled around and done conventions together and, and, and visited. And, and we exchanged a lot of photos through text message and kept each other updated on like what was happening. Like, Oh, I'm doing this or I'm painting that, or I'm tattooing this. And, you know, it was just one of those things where, I mean, I met Robert in 95 at a, a national tattoo convention in tucson arizona and we had just kind of stayed off and on in touch ever since then and so me and him were talking and i was like you know kind of like he's like so what are you gonna do you know like and i was like kind of in between like well i was just trying to really catch my breath and get my head together because i was you know going through major changes at the time with like you know what what am i gonna do you know i was kind of like in limbo but i was tattooing and hanging out and having a good time he was like well you know Maybe, maybe when you think about it or whatever, if you figure out what you want to do, maybe we can do something together. And I thought, well, that sounds pretty cool, you know, and it'd be great to have like a, a studio with, where it's just two of us banging out like the stuff we do next to each other. Cause I mean, he would be like a person that I would feel could push me mm-hmm. in the creative, on the creative side, you know, and really share, we share a lot of the same history and stories because we all know a lot of the same people, but we've all gone through a lot of the same things together we both started tattooing the same year. Um, Mm. it just seemed like a good fit because we could both talk about shit that happened, you know, 20 something years ago and people we knew that back then and crazy shit that, Oh, I heard about that story. Oh yeah, that happened. You know, and just funny stuff like, you know, like or ordering, um, you know, back then when you ordered a pre-made needle, it cost like over $5 for one needle. So it's like, <laughs> you know, we weren't going to buy pre-made needles. We were still making our own needles for a long time. Cause I was like, I can't afford those things. You know, that's funny. You know, it was like, we were just, you know, like laughing about shit, you know? And then uh, one time we bought them just to see what they were like, you know, we had a couple of them sent to the shop and they were like, you pulled them out of like a straw and they had like this weird waxy rubbery stuff <laughs> over the needle that you had to pull off. And I was like, that's the weirdest thing I ever yeah, saw, you know? I remember that. But I mean, you know, it was a trip, you know, how things <laughs> have evolved in the industry standard for like clean disposable single use stuff has evolved over time as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Do, do you get into that at all? Have you tried the disposable stuff? current like to date stuff yeah i'm actually all my shader tubes i use these days are all disposables but Mm -hmm. i still line with my steel tubes um if i'm traveling i do have some disposables that i choose to line with but um if i'm at the shop i'm lining with my stainless steel tubes Mm -hmm. um i just like the the fortification of it and i just like the stability of it and the weight in my hand i feel like i've always been a quick liner so Mm -hmm. um i can't i can't have any um discrepancies that are going to, you know, rock my world in the middle of an outline or I say, I, I go into like a mild, uh, panic attack. So, 
But yeah, the, I love the uh, disposable tubes. We used to use brass tubes a long time ago. And we would use like lighter colors that were, you know, um, real opaque or white or like a lemon yellow because with the stainless uh, shader tubes, we were always getting that little bit of a gray tinge to the color. Yeah. And uh, I feel that, you know, we didn't get that with the brass. So we would use brass. But the, the next best thing to brass was the plastic tube because it also didn't contaminate the, the color at all. So I feel like my colors are as vibrant as I want them to be is, you know, I, I just, I just prefer the plastic tube yeah. and the lightweight, the lightweight, uh, uh, of the, of the Reaper machine, um, it, it accommodates it. So it's not like I have a heavy iron machine with a disposable tube flip flopping on my wrist. Totally, man. That was the one thing like early on when those things first started coming out, that was the big problem. And I didn't like them at all because of that. It was too light and the weight of the machine just was like, it was uncomfortable in your hand, but I think as the weights of machines have come down, even coil machines, you know, the, the weights yeah. of coil machines have come down a lot. I mean, it used yeah. to be, you know, it was almost a, a a thing of pride to have a heavy, you know, big ass heavy machine. Yeah, big iron machine. <laughs> I had a machine that was made out of a horseshoe. I had a machine that was made out of a railroad spike. And let me tell you, man, I was tattooing. I tattooed with those things for years, but, you know. A typical day at Psycho City back when I started out tattooing, like a typical Friday or Saturday, we were doing anywhere between nine and 12 tattoos a piece. So it was mm -hmm. like, you know, we were a busy shop. And by the end of the night, my thumb would go numb from, <laughs> from, from those machines just vibrating on my sure. hand all day, you know? So there was like some times where I was like, wow, man, my thumb went numb. It was like weird, <laughs> you know? It was like, you know, it was, and it was over time, it was like the, you know, the lighter machines just became more appropriate because my age was telling me, you got to lighten it up. I hear you, man. It's, uh, I'm liking you, you know, I've been using Bishop rotaries for a while now and uh -huh. I really like those. Um, I do use, I still do use a, uh, a, a direct drive from Kingpin to stipple with. Um, mm -hmm. I don't like really using that for anything else. Like it's not, to me, it's not the, the it's not up to par to like line for me with it or, or to really shade something in, um, or color, but God damn it. I love putting dots in with it <laughs> and, yeah. you know, so I, I have a variety that I like and it's really, um, done, a, done a lot for, I think longevity for me. I mean, my, you know, I don't have any issues with my wrist, you know, knock on wood or hands or mm -hmm. anything like that as well. So uh, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. The rotaries that I, I tattoo with every day have, have actually saved my, saved my, my wrist and hand, I think to a degree because I took care of it early on, you know? Yeah. I mean, I love the way that they tattooed, but I also, I, I don't mind the light white, the lighter weight, you know, and when I'm doing big pieces, like some of the stuff I'm doing, it's like, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm doing like, you know, I, I'm doing like a big tattoo. I'm doing like anywhere between like, you know, a three to four hour session on a person. It's like, you know, three to four hours and I don't smoke, <laughs> you know? So it's like, I'm not taking breaks. I'm, uh, you're telling me you need a break, you know? So I'm, right. I'm sit down and I'm working, you know? So I don't have a lot of, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have room for, for any kind of, uh, you know, uh, uncomfortable, uh, cramping or, or, or fingers going numb. So, you know, those things just help out a lot, you know, and, uh, my, our direct drive, um, I can tell you, like, I know a lot of people have direct drives and they love them for dots. They're perfect for that. But the one that, that we make is, is made for a tattooer who tattoos, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like this, this direct drive will, will lays it down and, um, you know, I'm still tattooing with a prototype that I've had in my drawer for two and a half years. You know what I mean? And I haven't had to replace the motor on it or anything, and it still tattoos like it did before. Um, you know, it's just 
dirtier than the new ones because <laughs> <laughs> it's used. But I mean, you know, man, it works good. I mean, Robert Robert has has one of each of my machines. But he also has a Bishop rotor. He loves all of them, you mm-hmm. know. And um, I know a lot of people that tattoo with with a variety of rotaries. I love them all, and I don't I don't judge anyone else's machine. I love to pick them up and look at them and see how they're built. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, people that buy our machine, I'm I'm grateful for that. A lot of people that have them are people I know and people that I've p- talked to on the phone and you know, corresponding with through email. And, um, you know, I didn't want to get into like building a machine and selling a machine and turning it into like a thing where it's like, okay, this isn't fun. And I feel like it's not beneficial to tattooing. You know, Mm -hmm. it was like something I wanted to do that was going to have like the, uh, the, the same, uh, morals and values Mm -hmm. that I was taught and doing it with Mike, I wouldn't do it any other way. Um, just because he's taught me everything as far as like tattooing goes and, uh, the machine, he taught me how to build machines. He's taught me how to like tune my machines. He's taught me all that stuff. So like doing the rotary was something that I wasn't going to just sit in my garage and like do by myself. I I was like, I gotta talk to Mike about this, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, making, making it to where it's like, you know, we're still doing stuff together and we're still hanging out and it gives us a reason to, you know, we're still bros and want to talk shit and hang out and, (laughs) you know, have coffee and stay up till three in the morning, you know, and talk about, you know, uh, blister popping blisters on fingers and, 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 <laughs> and, and shit people did on the internet. You know, it's like, we have a good time, you know, and, and it's really, that's, that's just the main thing for me is just enjoying life, enjoying, enjoying the fact that, you know, we're still, still able to do this great thing that, you know, our customers allow us to, to, to do every day and, you know, live this life and, you know, it's, it's, it's really like a, a great thing, you know, and, uh, you know, tattooing has been like something I think that, you know, like I said before, it's like, eh, you know, just give back to it, treat it mm-hmm. like it's, you know, treat it like, you know, like in a spiritual way, like it's mother earth in a way, treat it like, you know, that's where your money comes from. It's where your livelihood comes from. It's where this lifestyle allows itself to come from, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, just, just treat it respectfully and it, and it, and it does, it does repay mm-hmm. you. Yeah, interestingly enough, Lucky Bastard just posted a, a something on his Instagram that was talking about something he wrote, and I don't know who he wrote it for, maybe a tattoo artist magazine or something years ago, just about talking to, about how tattooing is religion. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a religion for some, and um, you know, it's like what you said. You know, you have to you have to respect it um, for for sure. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people. Um, and this is just my personal analogy of it. I was talking to a couple of uh, friends at the shop a couple weeks ago and the subject came up of the difference between like for me personally, I, I have a, I'm a tattooer, but to get that title, I felt like I had to go through some shit to get to that point. So, um, not shit, but you know what I mean? There's a certain Mm -hmm. elevation you take and a direction you take to get there. And today there's a lot of people tattooing. So I don't know about tattooers, but I know that there's a lot of artists who tattoo. So it's a different, it's different that way because there's a lot of people that didn't really like for me, a tattooer is, is a person who learns how to tattoo through a pedigree that is tapped into the vein of the subculture of this lifestyle. And a person who's an artist who tattoos might be fortunate enough to get involved in that. But I think a lot of people are basically like picking up on tattooing as a form of art and a job and almost like a career path where it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I'm lucky enough to feel like this is my lifestyle and it affords me to eat and drive a car and take care of my family and things. So with it being, being, that being said, I just feel like a lot of people don't understand 
subcultures in a way or don't understand what a subculture is, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and they come into it from a college educated perspective, which is really different. And I think a lot of times when people say, Oh, I went into that shop and I don't know, they just didn't seem friendly and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like you hear stuff all the time, you know, through, through the clientele sometimes. And it's like, well, you know, everyone has their own way of doing it and everyone has their own level of comfort and way they operate their business for, 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 for that being said, I'm just saying like the, the, the whole thing with like the, the, the tattooing uh, subculture is like, it's like being punk rock and like learning how to flyer and promote your band and playing songs and hanging out with your friends and being, you know, part of that. And then like going out and, you know, people show up at your show because you flyered for it. The, mm-hmm. the physical aspect of tattooing has almost been stripped away where, you know, you kind of had to go to the bookstore and buy the book or you had to go to the other shop and buy a tattoo machine off the dude who built machines and you had to meet them and you had to talk to them. Now every day is so add to cart that it's removed a lot of like the personality from the, from, from, from the part of tattooing where it's like those colorful eccentric people are, they're out there, but you don't know where they're at anymore because now everything's done with the email and a click of a button. And it's kind of almost, I feel like, you know, it'd be kind of great. You know, if people just jumped in their cars and went and visited their person that they admire in a tattoo world or, you know, swung up on them at a convention and said, Hey, you know, or something. And, you know, just kind of did that. I mean, I still, if I'm driving in through a town and I know that there's a shop there where I know somebody, I, I, I make all my efforts to stop and say hello mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, get out and meet them and, you know, get everyone together. And at least, you know, at least everyone kind of gets to see each other eye to eye and meet each other and shake hands or something. But it's, it's, I feel like it gets a little, it gets a little too, uh, too much uh, where people got their nose on their phone, you know? And that little rectangle screen isn't the tattoo world. Well, I hope everybody's enjoying the show. I want to take just a minute before we get back to my talk with JoJo to tell you about Paisley Skateboards. Paisley's a San Francisco-based skateboard company founded by Sean Cliver, who's done close to 300 skateboard decks for companies like World Industry, Blind, all sorts of people and amazing decks. And my homeboy, Paul Yurick, who's an incredible artist, fine artist, and tattooer. Paisley's already dropped decks with hand screen graphics from not only Sean, but also Chris Pontus from the Jackass crew, and a guy who most of you know is one of the best tattooers out there, Grime. So if you're into skateboarding, art, or you just want to support a dope company that's all about lifestyle and creativity, pick up a t-shirt, a pin, or a hand screen skateboard deck from paisleyskateboards.com. Okay, everyone, thanks for all the support. Remember, you can always check me out on Instagram and Twitter at OG Joe Swanson. Now enjoy the rest of my talk with Jojo Ackerman. Yeah, well, I think it it creates those deeper connections, you know, like that you've developed in through your journey in tattooing with with folks that are, you know, like, like Robert, who's had very similar experiences. And um, I think we're creatures of habit, and I think we're we are drawn to, you know, stuff that we're, that, that we're familiar with and comfortable with. And I, man, you know, it's, it's cool to, it's cool to see that, uh, you know, you're still being pushed. I mean, I love all the paintings that you're doing. The, uh, the, a lot of dragon paintings. What, what, uh, what is it about the dragon that you like? I don't know. I've uh, been obsessed with them ever since I started, like, kind of just trying to fart around with them. You know, I was like trying to like, draw dragons i think since i started tattooing to be honest i think it was just like a goal of mine because it, it was one of the stronger images in the shop that always mm-hmm. stood out to me and uh 
you know, there's a, there's, there's, there's just something about a dragon that, I mean, it doesn't matter what year you tattooed it on somebody. It's going to look badass a hundred years from now. And it looked great a hundred years ago. Yeah. Dragons are just a timeless. And I, I just, I don't know. It's almost like a, it's almost like a bear or like a wolf or like a Tarzan or something. It's just always going to be a badass tattoo, you know? Yeah. How, so I'm just working with it, you know, I'm just trying to make it happen for myself. <laughs> It's you know, cool. I, I dig them, man. You know, the one, one of my favorites is one of the recent posts that you did, uh, where it's really like, um, uh, the water's like, it's, it's kind of two waves crashing over you and the dragon's kind of coming underneath the bottom wave, but it's real like the white water on top of the wave is, is all chaotic, but you have these finger waves that are kind of coming through, um, and lend to that real, I mean, it's like what you talked about, about being able to see something from across the room, a tattoo and know what it is. You know, mm-hmm. you can, there's all this chaos going on in the top of these waves, but you can see these finger waves and they're so recognizable am- amongst all this chaos that it immediately just is impactful. I mean, that's, that's how I take it. I mean, you know, having looked at these images for, you know, 20 years myself and came up on the tattoo time magazines, which I know I always talk about, but that shit is, is awesome, man. And I remember looking at, you know, pictures of dragons and, and other shit that Don Ed Hardy did just being blown away in my first few mm-hmm. months of tattooing thinking, Holy shit. Like, I don't even know how he did that. Like, I don't even I know, know yeah, where to begin. Know. You know, I'm still trying to figure out how he did that. To be yeah. honest. I mean, there's so much going on with his work to me. It still has, you know, I'm looking at, you know, that new book they just put out, you know, the the drawings for tattoos and I'm like thumbing through that and I'm still just going like, you know, this was done so long ago and <laughs> it's still a better tiger than I've ever drawn or tattooed in my career <laughs> still. You know what I mean? It was, it was like basically tattooed like around the time I was like six, you know, wow. so and it's just, you know, he's he's one of those, you know, enigmatic um, people that has, mm. you know. I think unintentionally flipped an entire um, craft on its ear, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm definitely impacted by him and respect him. And he's definitely um, in my top three people that I would probably say influences me the most in my, in my, in my drive. And, and just, you know, one day I just want to have something that, you know, can, can even like, you know, come in like fifth or sixth place to him. You know what I mean? I just want to just keep working that hard, but yeah. Um, you remember this? Do you remember those magazines? They were books too. They were like tattoo time, but they were called skin shows. Do you remember those? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I had one that I got at a tower records or something like <laughs> when I was younger and I was thumbing through that and there was a page that opened up in the middle and each page had two different dragons on it that were painted. And I was like, who painted those? And then I read the, there was a painting by Mick from Zurich and yeah. I was like, Oh shit, this guy's, badass right like i thought those were those were those sang to me like right away like that's his, awesome. yeah his his dragons were always really like recognizable you know you flipping through tattoo magazines back in the day or whatever and you knew it was either philip Lou or mick you know what i mean with when yeah. you looked at that dragon just in passing even their, their style became swiss dragons like mm-hmm. people would say oh it's a swiss dragon because it had it had that look it had a unique look to it that those two guys were really, really pushing. And mm-hmm. it was, it was great. I mean, even, uh, Luke in Germany, you know, he, Atkinson, he's, he's, yeah. 
Checker Demon, he's he's doing big, crazy, wild dragons like that too. Those guys were like the trifecta of Europe, <laughs> you know, pumping out the that stuff. And but you know, the more I saw mixed paintings, and I bought this tattoo bursts magazine in little Tokyo and I opened it up and it was an article on Mick and I was like oh shit there's an article on Mick too bad it's all in Japanese I can't read any of it <laughs> so I was like but I looked at all the pictures and there was just pictures of him in his studio but like in the background were these paintings so I was like you know like zooming in on that shit you know what I mean like trying to see what it was you know because I was just obsessed with that and then Tattoo Artist Magazine put out a thing on him and they had you know a handful of his paintings in there but i finally made it over to switzerland and got to the studio i got to see these things in person and i just mm. i was like hey mick can i take a picture and he's like yeah take a picture of whatever you want and i was like oh my god dude i i photographed the paintings on the walls and i mean my paintings are not mixed paintings you know what i mean but he is like for me like the way i try to paint my dragons the way i do my dragon thing you know is like he i would say he's my main like influence because i just love the way I feel when I look at his paintings yeah. and I want to make a painting that makes me feel like that. You know what I mean? And I'm just trying not to rip him off, but trying to, I'm trying to like, you know, I'm trying to chase that dragon. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. it's like, I want to do that. You know, yep. I want to become that. I mean, Bill and Junie at the diamond club, they have a dragon um, in the studio painted by him. And I got tattooed at the diamond club before they had the street shop, you know? And I mean, it was right above where Bill sat and, and tattooed my leg. And I sat there and stared at it the whole time. And I just <laughs> thought, man, it's the most, it's the most loose but incredibly detailed painting. I think I could have, I couldn't even imagine how he did that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just kept thinking about it, and I don't know. I just keep chipping away at it, and I'm hoping one day, you know, that I can, that I can just make, you know, make the whammy, you know, yeah, and, and have it. But you know, it's one of those things I just constantly just keep doing them because I'm I'm fixated on that. So that's always a go-to image for me. Definitely, man. It's they're great. They're great. What was it like getting tattooed at the Diamond Club uh, before the Vaness shop? It was mysterious, <laughs> magical. Like it was all those things that you hear about with a secret place that nobody knows about with no sign. It was one of those like secret door knock. Okay, you can come in. You know how did you um, how did you end up uh, facilitating that sit session? Um, I I took a I. I went to a national convention, I think, in 97 in L.A., and Junie and Bill were there, and they were um, judging the tattoo contest, and Horitoshi was there. And I had seen them at national conventions and stuff before, but I was I was just coming to the point where I felt like, you know, I could start, like, talking to people that I looked up to and respected because before I was such a, a greenhorn that I thought unless they were at the bar getting drunk, I couldn't talk to them because there was people that were my age that were at the bar getting drunk. And we were all like, yeah, we're cool, man. Yeah, we're cool. But then you go and you like, you know, Jack Rudy looks at you and you're like, Oh shit, don't look at me. You know, it's like you get scared, you know, cause people like that are like, you know, this is like, to me, those were like, you know, those were like the, the big wigs. I was like, the, they were all like the principals of the school walking around, you know? And I was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to like come off looking like a dickhead to these guys, you know? So I, I waited till the time was right. And then, I made friends with them. You know, I just kind of introduced myself and just knew about them already and kind of paid attention. And I just wanted to see the mystery of the diamond club because Bill is such a, um, he's such a, um, I don't know if poetic is the right way to put it, but he has such a way of explaining things to you and such a way of talking things and sharing stories that I think I talked to Bill one night for like six hours. <laughs> I think we like talked all night. We were just talking about stuff and it was a group of us, but we were having a great time. 
And I mean, I, I don't know. I just felt like this instant like thing where it was like, I wanted to get tattooed by him, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I made the arrangements to go to San Francisco and get the tattoo. So I went up to Hayward and stayed with my friend and I had an appointment the next day and he drove with me over there and we hung out in the diamond club and, uh, went downstairs and rang the bell and got up there and went inside and was just, man, the whole hallway and like the room and everything was just, you know, covered in just like the Philip blue bodysuit paintings and, you know, Philip and, uh, and Klaus Furman, like, you know, matching like Shoji screen doors that were like, you know, sw that swung open and closed there and, um, artwork all over the ceiling and just a just really amazing stuff that was just like, you know, every single thing you looked at, you were like, Oh man, this is like a treasure drove of like all the people who like I've heard of or read about at some point in a tattoo magazine or something, you know, and I was just tripping out and they were just so cool. And, mm -hmm. you know, treated me as if they had already known me forever from, from, from that day, you know what I mean? And, and I've always been generous and gracious people. I, I, I'm just, happy to have tattoos from them and you know to be able to sit with them and stuff and work there and it's an honor you know man i think that's the experience that um you know is like you said tattooing's not this little screen black screen in front of us it's those experiences you know it's it's you going to seek out that speakeasy style like what the fuck is gonna happen type experiences and Man, I, I've had those as well. I remember coming to San Francisco, sleeping in Erno's tattoo shop, you know, going down and visiting Tattoo City when it was on Columbus mm -hmm. and trying to sell that. my <laughs> trying to sell my shitty flash that I had made, you know, sets oh, of man. and um, you know, I think God dude, it was I'm sure I'm sure when I was there it was like Eddie was probably still there, I think, and um Chris Kahn was there. And it was like, no way should I have been in there trying to sell my sell my flash. But then I went up to um, Henry Goldfields and I fucking sat and talked to Henry about being Lutheran and shit. And it was awesome, man. I mean, yeah. Henry's such a cool dude. And that shop was such a, um, you know, it, if anybody's ever out in San Francisco, um, well, you can't go to it now because it's shut down. But, man, it was yeah. such a cool place. You know, I those... was in Mexico. I was in Guadalajara, Mexico, right? Well, I actually went to Puerto Vallarta first. And this dude, Sammy, who throws the convention out there, was like, hey, meet us in Puerto Vallarta. We're going to hang out for a little while. And Burt Rodriguez and Henry Goldfield <laughs> showed up there. And we were all sharing a hotel room together. So we were all hanging out. So I got to know those guys. And, and they were super cool. And the next day, we decided to go parasailing. And I was like, oh, man, I got to go parasailing. They said, you got to team up. And I was like, oh, I don't want to go by myself or whatever. Henry Goldfield stands up and he goes, I'll go with you. I was like, cool. So me and Henry Gofield are parasailing over Mexico in the ocean. You know That's what I mean? Awesome. And like, dude, it was rad. He was so much fun to hang out and talk to. He's just like really fun and just, just, I don't know. He's just got a great personality. He's just yeah. like full of, full of funny stories and shit. Totally. He's, he's cool. I remember being like when I first met him, you know, I heard stories of, of Henry. I had my, my, um, my saving grace was that I had had dinner with Chuck Eldridge um, the night before, and he was kind of the guy that encouraged me, like, hey, go around, you know, go see these different places, um, go see these shops, and, and you know, say hi to Henry, sit and talk to him, and because um, I had been going and, and sitting with um, Chuck in Berkeley and just, like, absorbing the Tattoo Archive spot, right. you know, yeah. and... Um, 
And so, yeah, I went over there and sat with Henry. And I remember being intimidated, like, at first. But then, like, he, he as the conversation just progressed, you know, he makes, like you said, he had a great personality. And, um, you know, easy it was to such talk a, to. He's just easy, so easy to talk to. to. Yep. Yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty awesome. And, yeah, man, Bert Rodriguez, that's the guy that taught um, my old uh, boss uh, from Vallejo, Vince Pelton. When Vince mm-hmm. came out of uh, prison, Bert... Um, uh, I don't know, they petitioned the state or the county or somebody and got his apprenticeship paid um, through some drug pro, you know, drug rehabilitation program. And he had to tattoo some gang members or some shit. But it, it was I mean, it was wild ingenuity back in the day, um, you know, that led to Vince tattooing. But yeah, Vince was all clicked up with those guys. I mean, he used to tell me stories about them going to Sturgis, Bert and Henry and vince and charlie from santa rosa tattoo and mm-hmm. shit man wild times hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of crazy st- i mean we could go on for hours man it's just like there's so many like i don't know man there's just experiences in this business and it just mm-hmm. uh I, that was all pre-internet you know what i yeah. mean that's when you actually got in the car and you drove somewhere and you went and did something that didn't involve um, staring at the phone, you know, and it's yeah. like these phones are useful, but they're also very, 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 uh, 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 they're a rabbit hole, man. You can mm-hmm. fall down that rabbit hole and you're just going to keep falling if you don't uh, have any self-control, man. And these things are just, it's crazy. I mean, sometimes you just walk into a room and everybody's just got their nose <laughs> in their phone. There's like no talking. There's like some weird vibe going down. I'm just like, this is weird, man. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know if I... I can, that's what I mean. I, that's when you got go. when she was like 15, we took her phone away from her, man. And it was like taking dope from a dope fiend. It was yeah. like, we took the phone. You're in trouble. And it was like this thing where she's like laying in the hallway going, no, <laughs> totally like, could have been in a movie. I was like, is that how it really is? I mean, oh my God. I I've been there. That's like, that's like you, you preaching to the choir, dude. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. This thing's like, this is, this thing has got like mad control over people, yeah. you know? And I was just like, wow, well, got it. You got, you know, you got to respect that power, man. And yeah. the way I, you know, and, and it's like, I feel, I think that like, you know, a lot of times with the internet, you know, it's, it's, it's shaky ground. And with tattooing, I think, you know, it's, it's just one of those things you can throw at the internet and go, well, this is a result of the internet. Mm-hmm. I think with the add to cart button and a credit card, people can be whoever they want to be anymore. <laughs> right. And there is no more like, you know, um, initiation rights that go into a lot of things like, you know being punk rock, being a chopper builder, being a tattoo artist, you know, do certain things that kind of required a little bit of salt and a little bit of getting your ribs jabbed. I mean, I sometimes have been sitting in a room with tattooer and they can't take a damn joke. And I'm just like, (laughs) that's just weird to me, you know, but you know, me and Robert, we bust each other's balls all day long. That's all we do. People think we hate each other. Right. We clock in and it's almost like, you know, the cartoon where the sheep dog and the wolf (laughs) clock in and then they, the wolf trying to get the sheep all day and they're beating each other up and stuff. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they clock out and they're like, all right, see you tomorrow. You know, yep. it's like business as usual. I mean, that's kind of how we are. You know, we, we go in and we, but we have a lot of respect and, and we are good friends, you know, but I mean, it's like, it's like all day, like, you know, just beating each other up over like, you know, some, some funny pants you're wearing or, <laughs> you know, or maybe the music you pick sucks so that it just becomes like this whole other story that never happened, but we just make mm-hmm. it up as we go. And, and it's just ball busting all day. And it's fun, you know, and it enlightens things up and it, and it makes the, and it, I don't know, the clients like it too. Cause they're sitting there just, you know, they're, they're, in, they're, they're getting, you know, tortured to death. So they're like laughing their asses off. <laughs> right. And you know, it's just more or less like, I, I don't know. It's, 
the internet's a sensitive a sensitive place for me and i i, I have a love hate relationship with it in fact mm-hmm. i just took all of our um at our house my wife and i decided that we we got rid of all of the cable and everything out of our house mm-hmm. and now we just have an option to like you know we watch netflix or something but it's like with the election coming up and with all the um you know, with all the people, um, you know, that are either for or against the police and the people that are for or against Black Lives Matter and people that, you know, it's like before you when you get up in the morning, if people just turn the news on and you watch it for 15 minutes, when you get in your car to drive away, you have a predisposition about society mm-hmm. that the media told you to have. And I don't want to have that anymore because I tattoo police. I tattoo black people. I tattoo every people and I enjoy them when they're in my chair and I have a good conversation with all of them. And I don't want to like have the media, the news, the mainstream media, um, filling my head with that crap. You know what I mean? And I feel like as a tattooed person, you know, we kind of have a social pivot, you know what I mean? Where we, we reach out and touch all, 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 all walks of life in a way. Like we deal with teachers, we deal mm-hmm. with, you know, I, I've tattooed my dentist, you know what I mean? I've <laughs> tattooed, I've tattooed my law, my, my, my lawyer for when I was younger and I had to have a lawyer. I tattooed his daughter when she turned 18. It's like, I've, I've had this like I've I've had so many different personalities in my seat, and I've only had bad experiences with bad people. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with what they did for a living, or what race they were, or where what country they came from, or or any of that stuff. And I just feel like getting rid of that media for me is a good thing because I don't I don't want to be put in a situation where I feel like I have to prejudge the events of society based on mainstream media. When my my daily life, whether I like it or not, is affected by whatever happens when I, when I what I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, yeah, it's just kind of crazy. So I mean that and the internet itself, you know. So now I'm just kind of doing this. I'm doing a safe thing with the internet. I I just do like drive-bys on the internet. I just post a, <laughs> I, I post a picture and I run. You right. Know, I, I don't do the scroll of doom, you know, because. <laughs> Cause you know, it's hard, man. It's, it's hard being a guy like me. I'm raising three daughters and, and I'm, I'm trying to keep a level head and I'm trying to do, you know, I'm trying to do me. And, um, you know, it just turns into, um, you know, everyone's a, an armchair professional about someone else's stuff. And it happens to us too. You know, people see or hear something about how tattoo supposed to be done and you got to go through the, you know, got to go through the process with a person in the shop that wants to, you know, give you a, 30 questions. Robert has a funny one. He goes, okay. He stops him after like the second or third question. He goes, okay, you're allowed two more questions. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty it. funny. He goes, pick them carefully. But, oh man. But yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, not trying to disconnect from the world, but just trying to connect more with the world because, yeah. because I, I feel like all these devices that are, that are just basically windows into, into different parts of life are they're, they're, they're synthetic, you know? And, mm. and, you know, smelling the air and, 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 and seeing and touching doorknobs and, and shaking hands and, and saying hey to people. Um, there's just more benefits in that. Um, traveling, you know, road trips, listening to music instead of listening to things that, you know, make your mind go crazy and stuff. I think it's, you know, it's a weird time that we live in. But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I always feel like tattooing has kind of followed um, the vein of social events as well because people, people tend to, you know, want to, do things in certain times you know what i mean to sometimes people do it to make them feel better sometimes people do it because they want to make a statement um you know these are the things that i i see happening you know like with people when they're when they're talking to me while i'm tattooing them and people that are getting tattooed i just did a huge 
patriotic tattoo on a guy today outlined his whole stomach with the eagle and the shield and and everything and we were talking the whole time second amendment talking about guns talking about you know presidential candidates what their you know positions are and i'm 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 talking like i don't even know if it matters if we vote i mean i'm starting to like lose faith in that we had you know a three-hour conversation it was great and it was healthy and mm-hmm. it didn't have anything to do with uh you know any of us having a, a, a disagreement with each other. It wasn't like, you know, on the internet, if you disagree with someone, then everyone's got a hatchet to throw and hate speech. And, you know, it's more of a face to face grown up talk. And I just think those are more important and people can gang bang on the internet, but they can't, you know, they don't do it face to face. And when you're face to face with someone who knows what they're talking about, you can have a mature conversation. That's one of the things I love about tattooing, you know, you can, you, it's, it's personal, you know, I, yeah, man, I I, uh, I dig it. And I just have one more question before I let you go because I know we both got to get up at the you early part of the hours. You can edit all that out. I know I got diarrhea in the mouth sometimes. No, I love it. I love it. You're the fucking man, Jojo. I, I love it. I have loved fucking talking to you from the first time uh, we had a podcast and even before that, our conversations on the phone and, and meeting up in San Francisco at the Bay Area Tattoo Convention and shit. Um, yeah, it's always funny. been great, man. And, um, but I got to know what kind of dog do you have? That shit is huge. <laughs> yeah. He's a newfie, a Newfoundland, man. How, how old is he? He's cute. He's almost three and his name's Vader. He's, um, he's 161 pounds. We just weighed him two days ago cause I had to take him in for a shot. And uh, let me tell you, taking that guy in for a shot, you know, have you ever, you know, when you take your dog to the vet and you walk in that front door of the vet and there's already like five dogs in there. Oh, that's horrible. Well, my dog is a, is a, is a teddy bear, but he is giant. So every <laughs> little dog in there like does like a dog scream when they see him. <laughs> Slides like, underneath their owner's feet. Out. Yeah. And then he wants to go like sniff everyone and say hi. And he's like pulling on me and they're water rescue dogs. So his pulling is like serious pulling. Like yeah. he's got torque. And so you know, and I'm on a tile floor, so I'm basically skiing across this floor <laughs> trying to hold him still. But yeah, he's he's an incredible dog. He's so good with uh, he's just so good. My daughter, you know, she lays on him and like pulls on his lips, and he he just <laughs> loves. It. He doesn't care, and he's good temperament. We take him for walks, and uh, he's just a big big dude, man. Just a, I mean, I brought him home at three months, and he was already the size of like a a full grown like you know like a like a Australian Shepherd. I mean, he was already, he was already like, you know, 40 pounds when I brought him in the door at at three months old. And I have a picture of that, me holding him. (laughs) It it looked like any other, anyone else's full grown dog. And then, uh, you know, he's, I think he's full grown now as far as his height goes, but he's definitely going to thicken up, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, but I tap on my shoulders and he jumps up and puts his paws on my shoulders and gives me a hug. And he's almost as tall as I am. And I'm, I'm a little over six feet tall. So yeah, He's, I saw you can go on uh, on your Instagram and and see a picture of that man, and it's it's dude, he's he's super cute dog, and uh, I, I would imagine that with the personality that he that you say he has, he's just a joy to be around. Oh, he's super cool. He's a slobber puss, though. Let me tell you, you got <laughs> oh, you got when you, when you hang out with him, you just got to have a, a little a little washcloth or a rag or a towel yeah. with you because he's. He, he walked up to me the other day and just walked right past me and like kind of put his nose up to me. But oh, sure. he had two long drools hanging from his mouth and they just went <laughs> right across me. Oh, like I love get, it, man. Getting totally slimed. Like not foamy like rabies, but I mean, just like, you know, that mm-hmm. that crazy dog drool, you know? <laughs> yep. I got one that's got that too, man. So I get it. I get it. So where can people get a hold of you, Jojo, if they want to peep out your work on Instagram or they want to make an appointment or better yet, 
if they're in Sherman Oaks, how can they get a hold of you at the shop and, and come by and get that experience that we're cool, talking man. about? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, the shop's on Ventura Boulevard, and we're on the uh, we're in Sherman Oaks on Ventura Boulevard on the corner. Well, not really the corner, but we're just in the, the corner of Woodman Avenue. Um, we have uh, I have my own website. It's uh, it's AmericanMadeTattoo.com, and uh, I have pictures of my work on there, and also all my uh, phone numbers and uh, the address is on there as well. And then uh, my Instagram is just one word: Jojo Ackerman with two ends at the end. Ackerman with two ends. And then uh, I have a Twitter, which is Jojo Ackerman one. And then I think I have a Jojo Ackerman Snapchat and a Jojo Ackerman Facebook. But you're in all the social medias, man. Do you Snapchat? Yeah. You know what? I don't. <laughs> I do a little <laughs> bit here and there because I remember I have it. But yeah, I'm not like an avid uh, Snapchatter. My kids do the Snapchat thing all the time because they like the filters and they have like lots of friends on there. But mm. They're the ones that convinced me to get it because they said everyone's going to Snapchat. I was like, oh, I'll try it out. But I had it, just it seems for like another button I got to push. It yeah. just seems like in the way, you know? Man, I, I hear that. I had it for a while, and this was like over a year ago at least that I got rid of it. And then it kind of seemed like it made this c- comeback. I, I probably, it maybe isn't a comeback. Maybe it's just I dropped out of it and never saw that it was like continuing to progress. But man, I can't get into it now. I got the Instagram for myself that I'm, I barely keep up on that. You know, yeah. I, I try to do I that and, and I post the flyers, um, for the sullen radio Instagram, but that's it, man. I had to cut that back. I was like, I'm posting twice as many things. And really what I, what I'm doing, like, let's say for instance, you were on the show that next week I would, or, or two weeks or whatever, I would showcase your work and, I was like, man, you know, it's cool and I'm 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 happy to do that and I want to do that for my guests because I want to promote them, but it was like people can go on any of the other, you know, tattoo network sites or um tattoo snob or or any of these great sites and see wonderful work. Yeah. I'm just I'm just building more. I, I I'm just adding to the to the feed nonsense you know and so i had to cut that shit back and and um but i i get it dude yeah there's a there's just a whole i feel like a lot of the time i might spend on the internet i could be like you know making a better dragon claw or making (laughs) you know learning how to draw a better woman's face or something you know that's gonna be beneficial to my craft instead of dude for sure self-promotion uh overload i just think there's a lot of gluttony on the self-promotion end of tattooing Mm -hmm. that was something i didn't bring up to you but i was just gonna say it just sucks you know sometimes when you go to a convention and when i was younger and i'd go to convention and i can't remember who said i was talking to somebody somebody been tattooing a really long time we were talking and used to go to conventions and there were there were shop names on these banners and now Mm -hmm. it's just people's names you know and it's just like it's really become just more about like a person and not really a there's no more like you know team player you know what i mean mm. it used to be hey we work at this shop and everyone promoted the shop now it's just like i work at this shop right now but i think i might go somewhere else and it's <laughs> right. like you know everyone's a nomad you know and it's mm-hmm. just kind of you know it's kind of turned into that too and i just feel like that's part of the problem is like i feel like you know, if there was team players and everybody had a shop and they were all team players and it was one of those things where everyone stood on their product and it had a name and it, and it came from somewhere, that's part of that pedigree thing I brought up earlier, you know, and that's mm-hmm. one of those things I think people could pride themselves on. There's a lot of people out there that are famous for being who they are, but it's almost like, I mean, you can be famous for who you are, but be famous for what you do, 
you know, don't be famous because you're, you know, constantly on the internet, you know, um, you know, eight of the, eight of the, you know, 10 hours you're at the shop. You know what I mean? It's like, put, put it out there, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll find myself falling down the rabbit hole and I'll, I'll have to stop myself and I'll think, well, you know what? I'm not going back on Instagram until I've produced something productive, you know, produce some piece of art or something done productive to put on, to to post on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's almost like uh, something I use to force myself to, to, you know, if I'm feeling lazy or something, I'll be like, all right, well, I got to do something that's, that gives me a reason to go on there. Cause if I'm just going to go on there, I'm going to get, you know, frustrated or discouraged or, um, you know, maybe inspired, but uh, shit, I could probably get inspired just by throwing on some music and sitting in front of a, you know, a blank piece of Arches, uh, watercolor board. Yeah. There's all different kinds of, uh, you know, ways to motivate yourself. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's always, I feel, I feel the visual stimulation lately for me. And I'm glad I did it as I saved all my old tattoo magazines from when I was a kid Mm -hmm. in the box. Yeah. Sometimes I'll dig up those old magazines and just look at stuff like a, there's this guy named Tom Donovan that has a whole bodysuit uh, from Paul Jeffries of mm. all these like samurais fighting dragons and it's got all this blue water and it's a bodysuit. That was the first time I ever saw like a, a westernized version of a Japanese bodysuit that like blew my mind out of the water. I was like, right. whoa, you know, and I, and I just saw that thing recently and Robert and I had talked about it and you see old Dutchman work and stuff like that and it's just. You know, I'm just looking for inspiration in things that already inspired me that I forgot about long ago. Mm-hmm. That's like re- reminding me why I loved, why tattooing still had that weird, that weird magical feeling. Like when you walk in the convention, you're like, oh man, this is like, there's people here that I see in magazines. And it's like really cool, you know, and you want to walk around and see their artwork in person and maybe meet them and see what's going on. And, you know, it's like, you know, that's the kind of stuff, man. It's like, you know, find different ways to do it and, 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 and just stay about it, you know, because I mean, as much as it's, you know, as much as it's evolving, I mean, there's still a lot of grassroots in tattooing that are still relevant and important to, to even the, the contemporary artists, you know? Great advice, Jojo. Thank you, man, so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. It's always an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thanks, Joe. I'm, I'm glad you, you hit me up to do it again. I always have a good time talking to you too, bro. All right. Have a good night, man, and uh, a great day tomorrow. All right. Thanks, Joe. You too. Take care. Later. Bye. Well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. I do appreciate it. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at OG Joe Swanson and head over to SullenRadio.com. Check that out. You can also sign up for my Permanent Conversations newsletter, and you're going to get access to my private conversation I had with Lyle Tuttle. So until next time, everybody, enjoy your right now and keep hustling.